raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, February 13th. It is six minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ron Johnson from Wisconsin called Biden compromised on China policy, said he was detached from reality. And Representative Jim Himes says that he's got real concerns about the Biden administration's transparency. An ABC News Washington Washington Post poll said that 58% of Democrat-leaning respondents wanted a new presidential candidate. And then an Associated Press poll said that just 37% of Democrats say they don't want him to seek a second term. So no matter how you ask the question, people are not excited about Joe Biden. Four in 10 Americans say they have gotten worse off financially since he became president. However, Chuck Schumer, still a big cheerleader for him. Yeah, and so that's the interesting thing, right? Because in the case of Jim Himes, the the U.S. rep, that's a Democrat talking, Mm -hmm. right? And obviously Ron Johnson, in addition to being a a phenomenal stereo speaker salesman in the movie (laughs) Fast Times at Ridgemont High, is a Republican senator. And then the poll asserts what you just said, which is a crossover amongst people that have great concerns about Joe Biden on a bevy of issues and his presidency as a collective. And yet, as you will hear right here from Chuck Schumer, who is the leader of the Senate, there is a total detachment from reality. I want to ask you about President Biden. It certainly does seem to be like he's gearing up for re-election. But our latest poll showed a majority of Democrats think he shouldn't run again. What do you say to them? Well, first, I always liked the poll that 36 percent of Republicans thought Reagan should run again back in 1983, and he had a landslide. Biden's in great shape. Look at the State of the Union. So Biden is Reagan, Einhorn and Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things I think that, and we talk about this a lot, is... The ability of these people, these people being the politicians, the politically connected, whatever, to defend the to defend the indefensible. Right. Like and you see this on both sides of the aisle. This is not a Republican or Democrat statement. We are so tribalized now that people will defend whoever and whatever based on whatever letter Mm -hmm. is next to the person. Yeah. Okay. so. Chris Christie was talking about Biden's age because that just keeps coming back around. He'll be the oldest president. Well, he already is the oldest president ever. And if he runs again, well, it's just going to he'll just be even older. And Chris Christie said that, you know, this puts the spotlight on Harris because we we have to pay more attention to what's going on with her because there's a greater possibility that, in fact, she could become president if something were to happen to Joe Biden while he was in office. And Harris's numbers are not good. In fact, they're worse than Joe Biden's. He's at 42% approval rating and she's barely cracking 40. Yeah, but the problem isn't so much his age. It's one, he's the guy's clearly on the mental decline, right? There's a lot of 80-year-old people. Now, mm-hmm. would I want an 80-year-old person running for president for a second term? No, probably not, because I think that uh, I think at that point it's you, there's probably other things you could be better served doing. But there are a lot of 80-year-old people who are mentally incredibly sharp, incredibly physically fit. I mean, hell, 
How old is Sylvester Stallone? Mm-hmm. He's got to be. Let's. I'm gonna look it up right here. This is some great radio. I'm gonna do this on the air. He was in that commercial in the Super Bowl last night. Sylvester Stallone. All right. What are you gonna go with, Casey? Pick a number. How old is Sylvester Stallone? Seventy-two. Seventy-two. All right. Uh, I will say seventy-six. Kev, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna say seventy-three. All right. Seventy-two. Mm-hmm. Seventy-three. Seventy-six. Price is right. Rules. Yeah. If you go over, you lose. Da 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 da. He was born July 6, 1946. That would make him 76 years old. Perfect. Boom. And the only reason I knew that is because he was 30 when Rocky came out. And that's the only reason. And that was 1976. So, okay. Just picking a person, though. You look at Sylvester Stallone, Mm -hmm. still clearly a very together person who is nearing 80 years old. He's not 80, but he's nearing 80. Uh, Someone like pick Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Does he look the way he did when he was Terminator? No, but still a very together person. So you can be older sure. and still be capable of leading very productive, incredibly influential lives, et cetera. Joe Biden is not that. And we and the Democrats, and we see this with, with the Republicans too, are so wed to defending the letter rather than the, than the person or the policy or the topic at hand, they will defend anything. Are we just assuming that it's going to be him, that he's going to run? It has to be at this point. I mean, we talked about like there's a window, Right. If you're going to run for president, there's a window in which you have to make, for most people, your go decision. Now, Ron DeSantis is a little different because Ron DeSantis has already raised hundreds of millions of dollars that he can execute at any time. He's a national figure. He has to get a law changed in Florida that would allow him to be governor and run for president at the same time. So Ron DeSantis is probably the exception to this rule. But if you are on the Democrat side and you're going to run for president, your window is probably by like April because of the amount of fundraising that would have to start taking place. Mm -hmm. And Biden controls that narrative because if Biden runs, the others are not going to run. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there is no traction scandal-wise on him to dethrone him, and clearly now the fact that the Democrats are circling the wagons on the classified documents, there's an infinite number of opportunities to have derailed Biden, and they're not taking it. He's going to be the guy. He's the guy. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what Jim Jordan did. So he caused a stir on Twitter Friday night. He said Democrats were ridiculous to support a decision allowing non-citizens the opportunity to vote. He said only Americans should vote in American elections. So think about where we are now, Casey, that simply saying that you should have to be an American citizen in order to vote is now a controversial Mm -hmm. topic. Mm -hmm. My mom and I were talking about this the other day about how much the country has changed just in the mere time since I was in in school. And that was not all that long ago, right? Like, it is not something that you would say, hey, back during the Eisenhower administration, (laughs) there was not that long ago. And so this is not meant to be an old man, get off my lawn, yells at clouds thing here. Mm Mm-hmm. But within the past 20 years, we have seen a rapid acceptance and engagement on the left in terms of all-out Marxism and socialism, and they're not even afraid about it anymore to the point where things that used to be just a total, uh, in the the majority of society, a totally non-controversial or news-making statement like, you have to be a citizen of this country in order to vote, now makes you some sort of bigot or homophobe or xenophobe or whatever. It seems obvious, right? You have to be a citizen to be able to vote. 
Well, they're talking about this resolution, this local resident voting rights amendment act, and it passed, it passed the house on Thursday. So the resolution seeks to overturn a bill that passed the DC council in October and it opened the door for a local voting process for immigrants right now just local and this is why but it's but it never stops there right Mm -hmm. i mean you think about how much the democrats have done a phenomenal job especially in the past six years of weaponizing voting and the voting process and the lack of uniform structure in voting which again that's the way it was set up right i'm not saying they're, they are they are winning inside the rule of the game, which gives great flexibility to states in terms of how their votes are calculated, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats have recognized that whether it is through mass mail and unaccountable voting, whether it is the ability to creatively count the votes, whether it is, in this case, hey, we'll just flat out let illegal immigrants vote. Mm-hmm. They have recognized easier to win the game when the rules are stacked in your favor. Right. If you're going to let them do it, they're going to do it. Okay. It's 14 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the governor of Utah said that he would prefer to have a governor as the GOP nominee. And we're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 18 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kennel and Casey on 93 WIBC. So trending this hour, the mayor of New York City. Oh, boy. Check this out. He says COVID mandates may need to return. He was blasting people who say, I want to do whatever I want. It'll never stop, Casey. We have talked about this for a long time on this show. We talked about it going all the way back to when... uh, Two women had the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the chicks. Chicks on the right. Yeah, had the show, and then when one of the women and I was together on a uh-huh. show, and now you and I together uh-huh. on the show, and um, it, it will never stop. Right? The, the liberals were too effective with what they got away with, and they were too successful in terms of being able to win in all areas of things that liberalism uh, needs to thrive, and most importantly, they were too successful at the ballot box to let it go. They are wholly invested in unwavering, unlimited, never-ending governmental control. Okay, so this is the mayor of the country's largest city saying that COVID mandates need to return. He went on to say that people who lost their job with the city, uh, they can reapply, but there's no guarantee that they'll get their job back. Okay, vaccinated, Casey. unvaccinated, whatever. Okay, Casey, and we're we're talking about New York City, and we're talking about the mayor of New York, and mm-hmm. we're ripping on him as we should. Mm-hmm. But do you think that if COVID or something similar to COVID or a COVID-like opportunity, and I'm using the term opportunity deliberately, happened here? that Eric Holcomb would hesitate for a second to shut the state down again. Oh, you mean the guy who's on the governor's council who was hanging out with Biden over the weekend? That's correct. And yeah. do- and Dr. Box, gynecologist, yeah. mm-hmm. the uh, state health commissioner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use opportunity because 
evil people like Eric Holcomb, and if you do what Eric Holcomb did, if you take away somebody's ability to earn a living, if you take away somebody's ability to own their business that they've sunk years of their lives and their life savings into, if you call your fellow man who is peacefully protesting to have their business reopened or their job reinstated a human petri dish, if you try to put somebody in jail for not wearing a mask, you are an evil person. And evil people, when they're given the opportunity to exercise unwavering power over people, they do it, right? Mm -hmm. So if another situation in the Republicans in the state, the state, the legislature, have proven they don't care at all because nothing ever happened to Holcomb. None of his powers have been taken away. He could do it all again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. So it's easy for us to go, well, this mayor of New York, but it happened here. Right. So if the opportunity presented itself, would, would Holcomb do it? <laughs> Probably. He did it before. So why wouldn't he do it now? And that's a question that everybody should be asking their Republican representative and the Republican senator is, in addition to, why do you think that old people and people on fixed incomes should live in fear that they're going to be evicted from their homes because they can't afford the property tax increases? They should also be asked, why have you done nothing to prevent what happened during COVID from happening again? Nothing's changed. I mean, think about this, Casey. I mean, we're saying it out loud, mm -hmm. and I'm reinforcing it because it's true. Nothing has changed. Nothing has been done by the Indiana General Assembly that would prevent Eric Holcomb from doing exactly what he did during COVID before, which means the Republicans want that to happen again. So you're saying there should be some sort of resolution or amendment or something to remove his emergency powers. The only thing they did was pass a bill that was so poorly written, it was like Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons, the famed attorney voiced by Phil Hartman on The mm -hmm. Simpsons had written it, which was designed to fail. The fact that Rod Bray, who is an attorney wrote that bill or or oversaw that bill as the head of the Senate, he would have never done that in work for a client written something that poorly. The only way that was done was because it was designed to fail. So the reality is very few people other than in Florida mm -hmm. have, now Texas has done some things, Dakota's did some things, but the overwhelming majority of Republican states have done nothing to stop their governors from doing what their governors did before. Also trending this morning is AMC movie theaters and the middle seat in the move movie theater just got more expensive. They announced this morning that they're unveiling new pricing in which the seats located uh, in the middle are going to cost more money. So this is dynamic pricing at your movie theater. Why would you care if you sat in the middle? Well, apparently it's uh, the better view of the screen. What? Uh, up a few rows and in the middle. Yeah. Uh, is that a thing? It's a, it's a thing. Well, yeah. AMC is saying now they're going to charge more for the middle seat. I prefer to sit on the aisle. It's a big, giant screen. What, what difference, what difference <laughs> does it make whether you sit? It's not, it's not like you're at Wembley Stadium. How, How big is a movie theater? I feel like uh, I always sit in the very back, mm -hmm. up in, usually in like a dark corner in the back. Uh -huh. yeah, you seem like the sort of guy who would sit in a dark <laughs> corner in the back. You know, what Abdul does, and he's done this for years, is he will buy... I, I guess you can online. You can pick your seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will buy not only the seat for himself, the one next to him, on all four sides. <laughs> so he doesn't have to sit in front. Anybody sit in front of him uh -huh. or behind him or next to him on either side. You know what I do? I just wait for it to come yeah. out and watch it at home. Yeah, I've been because I can sit where I want. I've been to the movie theater one time in seven, almost mm -hmm. eight years, and mm -hmm. that was for that Elvis movie. Yeah, and that was just 
because my buddy was going. Yeah. Finally trending, Tim Allen. He's reportedly going to return as the voice of Buzz Lightyear in the upcoming Toy Story 5 Disney movie that's in, in the in the works. Um, do we care about this? Chris Evans was in, and now he's back out. Do we care? Do we care if we're on ep- if we're on episode five of something? Mm-hmm. Um, like, is there anything that you're five episodes into, and you said that's there's so many unanswered questions. I've got to know how well, does this turn out. Like Halloween five. I don't even remember what happened in Halloween five. Oh, or Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Cause, I, I was still, like, uh, for example, I mean, Harry Potter, I think there was oh, like 10 go. different movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. I was sure. still interested no, by the last uh, movie they released. Yeah, but don't you think, I mean, that that had a, a nice arc and it was a long story. Do, yeah. Toy Story, they're making up plot yeah, to Toy Story. It. Toy Story's no Harry Potter, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so. I, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. He's going to sit in judgment of people who go to a Toy Story movie <laughs> while sitting on some sort of phony moral high horse about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something more sophisticated about those uh, British movies. Yeah, sure. Well, there were also books associated with it. I'm not right. sure if Toy Story is based off of a book. Like Rocky no. Five was the worst Rocky. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing that's made it to five. You expected it to be good? You were let down? No, I mean, I was like two <laughs> when it came out. But my point is, like, there's nothing that makes it to five mm-hmm. that you're saying, other than if you are just a n- uber nerd of that thing. Like, no undecided person is like, I can't wait to see whatever five. Okay, so a lot of people are saying that uh, Tim Allen was sidelined sideline because of his conservative leanings. Yes. But... He's still been working with Disney. He did the Santa Claus, which Disney Plus aired. It was a series. So he's still been working with Disney. Also, that was like number five of that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. Because the third one had Martin Short Mm -hmm. in it. The first two Santa Claus movies are pretty good. The third one is a disaster. Mm -hmm. And then this one was like a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, it was a a series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And all of this on the heels of Pamela Anderson accusing Tim Allen of exposing his nether regions to her 30 years ago during Home Improvement. That was on Home Improvement. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, he will always be uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor to me. Well, speaking of Pam Anderson, Nikki Mm -hmm. Kelly's coming up next. Boy, how's this for a segue? Nikki Kelly's going to be with us next to talk about the uh, 65-page amendment to the property tax bill. Uh But then later on in the show... They finally found out who stole and leaked the Pam Anderson sex tape all the, those years the ago. The Tommy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. How about tape. that for a segue? <laughs> Hi, Nikki. <laughs> I love it. She's like, wait a minute. Where are you going? Nikki Kelly joins us next from 93 WIBC. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, that old property tax bill. It is still alive, but it is more confusing than ever. 65 page amendment presented. And well, when we think 65 page amendment, there's only one person we know that has the time and knowledge to not only read it, but understand it. Nikki Kelly of the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. All right. Uh, 65 pages. That sounds like a lot. Am I wrong? No, no, it's a lot. I mean, most bills aren't even 65 pages, (laughs) much less an amendment of that size. So, um, I mean, they basically, I'm I'm calling it the everything in the kitchen sink. (laughs) You know, they're, they're trying every tiny little bit to impact the bills, um, so that 
you know, it helps Hoosiers but doesn't hurt local government too much. Sort of a fine line they're trying to find. When you look at why they did 65 pages, is it just they hear testimony and then they go, okay, we got to make that person happy. We got to make that person happy. We got to appeal to that special interest group. Is that what they're trying to do off of the testimony they heard um, when the bill was first presented? Some of it is. Like, I'll give you a great example. Obviously, a bunch of local governments and schools got up and said, you know, we can't lose. $500 $500 million, you know, we, we still have to provide services. So one way to lower the hit on locals but still help property taxes is to get the state involved. And so, for instance, they put in a couple, they increased several income tax deductions that people take on their taxes. So uh, right now I think that's a $2,500 you know, that I can take off my property taxes on my income taxes. Well, they upped that to 3500 They also increased the renter's deduction that people can take on their income taxes, acknowledging that people pay their property taxes in their rent, and obviously we've seen rents go up. So those are some examples of ways they're trying to, uh, you know, reduce the bills, and, and everyone kept saying, look, the state's got to help out here a little. And that was a, a way that the state could. Uh, Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle is uh, our guest here on the Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. All right, Nikki, so this usually when they try to throw everything at the kitchen sink and make all things and all people happy, no one ends up being happy. Is this going to be one of those bills? I mean, that's the sweet spot for most legislation, right? So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I I feel like they're also kind of struggling in the sense of they're not sure why they're doing it. Like when I talk to lawmakers and I say, what happened? Like what went wrong? What are you trying to, quote, fix? They don't have an answer for it. There are high bills, but the system is working exactly the way they designed it to work. They just don't like the high bill. That's such a great point, Nikki. And I I think that is the conversation that they're not having that needs to be had, which is the whole system. If you you don't reject the premise of the system, which is the the assessment drives the value of the taxation, then you're trying to fix something that you don't even agree with needs to be fixed, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I disagree a little bit on the property tax system as a whole. So how you approach it philosophically from the start changes your your conversation but and also another huge problem that we're having is they're doing all this and nothing in this bill will help the bills that are due on may 10th yes yes that's such a great point so, so they basically come at this too late um and it's all because our property tax system we pay in arrears so you know we're paying bills this year from last year you know based on last year's values and so that puts the system sort of far behind. And by the time they figured out it was going to be a problem, it's also too late to retroactively change much because all the budgets are done, all, you know, everything's through. The, the only thing you're waiting for is to get that bill in your your mailbox. Uh, Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle is our guest. Casey, go ahead. So, Nikki, do you think that they're not going to do anything with this bill? Is it just going to get filed? Oh, no, they'll do something. They will definitely do something. I think they're waiting, you know, to sort of play the game and see how revenues go. And they'll make the decisions right at the end. (laughs) This is a bill that is just keeping going. There will be some relief for a couple years temporarily. 
I don't see any long-term permanent changes, but I do see some temporary relief coming. You just made a good point, Nikki, which is, and I think this was kind of the thing that really offended people, is where uh, various media outlets said that Jeff Thompson, who's the head of Ways and Means, comes out and goes, well, this will change a whole bunch, and we really won't even uh, you know, kind of get down to the nitty-gritty until uh, April. Well, the session ends in April, so what if we don't like what you did? How do we complain about that? Well, I mean, you always complain to your lawmakers at the ballot box, right? I mean, that's, that's how it works. I, and, and that's to be expected similarly to what they do at the budget. You know, you don't pass a budget in January. You take it through the system and you get more information every week. You know, we've already learned from the beginning of January when we thought bills might go up 7%. Then it, there was a new study, then 15%. Now we're at 18% bills are going up. So we are gaining data and information every week as we move down the process. Nikki, I think you, and I want to come back to something you said earlier. Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle is our guest. We're talking about property taxes. You, I think you hit the big point, though. You're never going to make me happy inside of the current system because I think the current system is highly flawed on how we tax people on their property, right? So really, the the bigger conversation not isn't going to be solved by tinkering the system. You're either going to say the system works and sometimes they're going to go way up and you're going to have to suck it up and pay or we're going to have to reform the system, right? I mean, that's the only way to really address this if you're going to address it at all. Yeah, you, you know, they. you might be interested in the two-year tax commission they're going <laughs> to Oh, great. And, and, and see if we can rearrange our tax system. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there are some people that are never going to satisfy this who believe that you shouldn't be taxed on this <laughs> asset until you sell it, you know, until you get the recuperation of, of the money that you've put in it. Um, for those people, they're never going to please them. But they are trying to at least help, um, you know, some people with these high tax bills that are sort of cyclical, you know, because our system is market based, Mm -hmm. which is what the Supreme Court and our Constitution tells us, by the way, (laughs) that, you know, because it's market based, it will always go up and down based on the economy. And that's what we're seeing. How much of this is because of public noise or like I I have zero faith. These people looked at this and said, wow, bills are really high. We should do the right thing. How much of it is because of the public noise? Mm, You know, I got to be honest, I don't hear a lot about it at the state house. So I would say a fair amount of it is because they're hearing from their constituents. Um, and some of them were are concerned once they saw those assessments rolling in. You know, they all got their bill too, right? Or their assessment last year, saying their house went up X number. Um, so I would say maybe half and half. Hey, Nikki, how long did it take for you to read the sixty-five page bill? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was it's it's very dense, and and we talked about some of the easier concepts. There's a a debt concept that I'm still trying to understand and chat with people about that part is probably going to get changed because it's pretty significant. Um, but yeah, I, God, it took me maybe an hour. Well, think, think about this, Nikki, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're highly experienced with this. There's no way the average person is going to understand 95% of that stuff. Yeah, and I wrote a column recently and and, and talked about if, if I were saying if they should look at any part of the system, it is the assessment part. In in a maybe a, there might be a way for them to 
even out those ups and downs, you know? Um, like, for instance, you could freeze it, say you, your assessment can't, up, can't go up more than 5% each year, except when you sell the house. Then you could get a big, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I'm really hoping they put me on this tax commission because they really like me over there. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that they uh, give me a, a, a seat at the table. Well, you know, I'm sure that the legislature will have some appointments and probably the governor. He's your oh, best friend, right? Yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> Can you imagine the governor appointing Rob Kendall to Oh, I, what an what a olive branch. And give me a Sagamore of the Wabash. Well, right, he's at it. Right, It'll be great. Right. Maybe you can be his assistant while he's on the governor's council. Absolutely. And go to the White House with absolutely. him. Absolutely. Hey, Nikki, do you think that they intentionally write it complicated so that the every average day person can't understand? I don't. I don't. I just think with any system, and we could say the same thing about the alcohol system, for instance. You start it kind of simple, and then every little thing you change each year builds, and suddenly every little thing you do is so complicated. It's, it's, it's similar to the alcohol regulations we have. It starts simple. You start helping one person over here and moving this line and that line, and the, ne- the next thing you know, every decision affects someone. Mm-hmm. Nikki Kelly, one of the best in the business. Find her over at indianacapitalchronicle.com. Thanks for reading this, Bill. It just made it so much easier for me. <laughs> you, are, you are welcome. And as we head to the break, Casey, uh, I feel like now would be a good time. Remember uh, a couple weeks ago, you and me and Kev, mm-hmm. we kind of teamed up together to yeah. do a little, little song about property taxes. A little ditty. Remember that? You yes. know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, trying to maybe motivate our lawmakers who still really appear to have minimal, if any, interest in actually helping you or changing the system that is taking gobs and gobs of money from you. You think it's time for the property tax song? Well, I, I think I think now would be a good time to bust that back out. Again, full credit to you for writing the lyrics. Full credit to Kev mm-hmm. for busting out the music. Well, you did an excellent job of belting it out. Well, I desperate times call for desperate measures. It's the property tax protest song. Well, they blew up the budget in Indy last night and they Washington, they're getting ready to fight. Gonna see what the Republicans can do. Now there's trouble coming from property taxes, and the people can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble with all these big old jackasses, and the House Assessor's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Well now, taxes rise, baby, that's a fact But maybe taxes will rise and someday come back Put your game face on, make your finances pretty And make me pay today in downtown Indy Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. 
Good morning. It is 1149. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about sex tapes. <laughs> Just wanted you to perk up. Well, there was a time on, on this time slot that that was par for the course. We don't do as much sex tape chat as we used to. But mm-hmm. to, go ahead. You were Googling sex tapes. <laughs> I was. You were. I was Googling famous sex tapes, and then Kevin chimed in with, what's the Mount Rushmore of sex tapes? Right. Yeah, where are we at with that Mount Rushmore? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you got Pam and Tommy. Yeah. You got the Kardashian one. Uh Uh-huh. Dustin Diamond's probably on there. (laughs) Screech. And then what? You came up with uh, Paris Hilton? Did Paris Hilton have one? I think she did. That seems about right, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. Yeah. And then what? Chris Humphreys had one? Yeah, I mean, there's really, it's like uh, the upper echelon. There's a real high, I mean, the Kardashian one, obviously, Mm -hmm. they propelled it, became billionaires off of it. Mm -hmm. And then the Pam and Tommy Lee, Mm -hmm. for those of us who are of a certain age, that was, uh, I mean, you were either apt to have hours of viewing pleasure or put a virus on your computer in the late 90s by clicking that link. Uh, But there's a reason you were looking this up. Yeah, (laughs) not for my own personal pleasure. Sure. Uh, We're we're talking about the guy who orchestrated the distribution of the Pam and Tommy sex tape. Uh, Well, he's been identified. He spent all of his fortune on a very lavish lifestyle. So what's the guy's name? It's Milton Owen Ingley. Yes. He was a former porn actor. And this guy looks like he's straight out of central casting. Like if you look at this dude. The sort of guy you would picture hanging around in the seedy, underhanded world that is the adult film industry. Singing, feel, feel, feel my heat. Just straight out of central casting. Mm -hmm. So apparently... He he goes by Michael Morrison. Yes, yes, because you don't use your real name in the adult film industry, Casey. Uh Um, So he came into... Thank you for that information. He came into this... So some guy had a disagreement with Tommy Lee. Mm Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee kept a safe. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was in his home or his office. I think it was in his office somewhere. I believe it was in his garage. Okay. All right. Perfect. This dude confiscated the safe. They somehow got into the safe. Mm-hmm. And this Milton Owen Ingley basically was like, dude, we have hit the jackpot because there is a tape mm-hmm. of Pam and Tommy doing the dirty on here mm-hmm. and then began to distribute it and made a you know quite a bit of money off lots of, it. of money on it okay so the one guy was doing construction work and tommy lee refused to pay because he wasn't happy so rather than get cash he stole the safe he was gonna just hold the safe and the tape that was in the safe for ransom until Tommy Lee paid for the home repairs. Yeah. But that didn't happen. And then his buddy heard about it and saw dollar signs and said, well, and, forget the ransom. We're going to make millions. And this, this, like, I think this tape was filmed, they said, in 1995, but it really became mainstream on the internet about 1997, mm-hmm. 98, which was the early days of the internet in which it took you like 93 hours to view a video of any sort of length because you're computer went boo 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 mm-hmm. boo boo mm-hmm. boo but it was i mean it sounds weird to say but this is like one of the most viewed mm-hmm. do we even call it a film video i mean it, it, the amount of people who have viewed this now certainly we are 25 years on from that mm-hmm. but even in the moment in which it was like a hot thing yeah I mean, it's one of the most viewed videos ever. The guy who wanted to make all of the money off of the distribution, he ended up holing up in Amsterdam. 
getting away did. from U.S. law enforcement. Uh-huh. He spent about $500 a night on champagne, hotel rooms, prostitutes, and lots of cocaine. So this guy sounds like a real winner, right? So here's a reminder. Vet the people that you hire, especially the ones that will be in your home. Now, this guy died in 2006. Mm-hmm. He stole the tape. Yeah. He was portrayed in Hulu did this. Pam and Tommy. Yes. They did the show. Did you watch this? This seems like something you would have watched. I totally watched I it, Bob. knew it. Yeah, I And did. was it as bad as I think it was? You know, it, it tells the story of what happened to them. And also, I mean, they were, they were madly, crazily in love with each other. Is that what you'd call it? And uh, this ruined their relationship completely. Well, no kidding. Yeah. And her career as well they were uh they filed a copyright lawsuit against the physical distribution because they made the tape together they starred in it and they were considered the copyright holders of it but they both got out okay out of this i mean that's the crazy it's like the same thing with kim kardashian right you can complain about it or whatever but the reality is no one would know who kim kardashian was or the the billion dollar empire that is that family if you hadn't done a sex tape yeah but people knew who tommy lee and pam were not to this not to this level casey you think it propelled them higher no doubt pam anderson that was gold for her career-wise you think so i mean she Uh, was already on baywatch yeah but i'm but casey casey i think it ruined their career no not not like she could have been taken seriously tommy lee you think people were like we're very disappointed in tommy lee we're very very surprised that he was banging lots of chicks and filming it i mean he was living his rock star life we're we're done But Pamela Anderson was trying to t- transition no. from being a pretty face she into already... a serious actress, and this, like, <laughs> ruined it for her. No, she had already tried. Have you seen Barbed Wire, Casey? <laughs> She'd already tried the serious actress thing. Didn't work out. Well, they were supposed to get $740,000 each in a judgment. Pam and Tommy ended up with nothing. Porn guy didn't pay, huh? No, no, he didn't. Porn guy did not pay. Shocking. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.